from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Well, it is that time when we talk about some medical stuff, and uh, the talk uh, here in the studio is probably what everyone's talking to, uh, talking about as they walk through the Target, walk through the Dillard's, look at online, and with things coming up in swimsuit time soon, everyone wants to get in shape, wants to lose some of that Christmas weight, right? Helene joins us now. Helene Tober is a holistic nutritionist, culinary expert. And uh, my wife. And a saint. And a saint. Oh, saint. She is a saint. I am not. We're putting up with Randall. Oh, come on. It's (laughs) true. It's true. That's true. I'm a hard guy to manage. I'm a a management issue. There's no doubt about that. It's all good. All right. So you wanted to talk about that. And we're going to talk about what to eat, when to eat, how to eat, this diet, keto, that, whatever. There's a lot of questions. Those are always swirling. But but I think for those of you out there who might be concerned, before we get to that, who might be concerned about your long-term cognitive health as yeah. we talk about joe biden every day and it is it is sad to watch his deterioration so you wonder is that in my future right. what can i do to prevent no, it don't know that you see people we've seen it people in our lives you know that yeah. that are older our relatives that are not doing well so what should you do okay so there's a thing called a mini mental state exam it's, it's 11 questions and it, it it basically tests your cognition it's been in, mm-hmm. in existence for a long time uh, take orientation, attention, language skills, and questions like, um, what year or season is it? What state do we live in? <laughs> um, you know, uh, here's seven things. Put the seven things away. Can you recall the seven things? Give, give me, give me three things. And then, it, you know, four or five questions later, say, okay. Those three things. Tell me what those three things are, right. okay? And that's what Donald Trump did so right. well at uh, right. uh, during the 2020 right. campaign. Remember, right. Mark Siegel right. said that he had done that, and they had an interview with him. He said he remembered them all. So here's my thing. Okay, so as far as Joe Biden, I you, you can't make them do it. We, we all know what's going on. We can't do a thing about him. What we can do is for ourselves and for our loved ones. Okay, so as far as our loved ones, our grandma, our grandpa, yes, you can get them in for that test. And it'll help them. But I, I struggle with something, personally. I struggle with the fact, okay, maybe I'm forgetting something, but I don't want to know if I possibly have the signs of Alzheimer's. I don't know if anybody else out there feels the same way. Um, do you want to know? Do you want to have those biomarkers? You can find out those biomarkers, but you know what those biomarkers do? You're not necessarily going to get Alzheimer's. That's and right. you are very, I don't know, like, is this, is this the beginning? If I find out I have a biomarker, is this the beginning of that? You'll you'll be stressed out all the time. Hypochondriac. That, that's too, just probably. not. Yeah, that's just. I don't know. Some people want to find that out. Me personally, no, I don't want to find it out. But what I what you can do is everything in your possible in your what you can do is what you can do in prevention, and that's what I'm about. And let's talk about those genetic tests and so forth that yeah, can that's, be done. Uh, tough. So there are a set of there's a gene that is so-called the alzheimer's gene called apoe Uh, it codes for a protein called apoe and there are various forms of that and if you have one form you have a little higher risk of getting and it's different with genders uh late or early onset alzheimer's but when you tell that to people and they may have gotten a test that as part of a battery of tests uh maybe they were told a relative had it now they're concerned but to say that the APO4 gene type 
uh, is found in 50 to 60 percent of Alzheimer's victims doesn't mean no. that everyone that's going to has that gene is going to get it. It's a risk factor. I agree with right. Helene. I do not want to know. You don't want to I wonder, Sorry. do you guys, I mean, text us and let us know. Are you in yeah. camp? I have to know everything or not. I, I think the added anxiety I, would cause me more health problems. I would have heart. And you, we do ask our patients that. Do you want to know? Do you want to know some well, of the biomarkers? That, and and in, a, in an environment when we really don't have an effective either prevention or cure for Alzheimer's, you may not want to. But since there are other things that influence your cognitive abilities as you go on, and they're the same thing that influence your risk for heart disease and stroke and peripheral vascular disease, you know, um, managing your diabetes, managing your cholesterol levels, managing your blood pressure, looking at your inflammatory status. There's a test out there called a CRP that can give you a general sense of how inflamed are you? Are you taking good care of your teeth and gums? You know, things that you can do. Well, and I think about it, too, in the context of women in breast cancer. And Mm -hmm. I know certain women who have had, you know, the tests are getting better and better and they've had a family history and they said, you know what, we're just going to have the surgery now because I need, I don't want to have to worry right. about it yeah. and we're just it's so constant worry you know if it had it, you know if i was in that same situation i've been close in my family and i had been right. you know deeply affected my my opinion might be a little bit different on i have been affected by alzheimer's i know i've got lots of people are yeah. in and around but that one I, there's you know the test isn't as good no and, no. and what can you do to prevent it no. well as far as preventing i'm all about the food Healthy. Okay, so, well, but th- th- there's this, this thing called a MIND diet, Mediterranean Dash Intervention. The MIND diet? Mediterranean Dash Intervention for Neurodegenerative Delay Diet. Okay, so there was a study in in uh, uh, Rush in, in Chicago, and it was a study of, it was a long-term study, started in 1997, and then mm-hmm. it went on to 2015. And they did the study of these, of people um, 60 years old, 60 years old and older, um, and they were following somewhat this diet, and the diet includes uh, cold water fish, berries, just just good eating, drinking wine five days a week. You know, the, oh, this is what. But then, but, they, but then staying well five ounces a day, so oh. not a huge amount. <laughs> but then staying away. Five from, ounces is not a bad. Yeah, staying away from processed foods. Well, guess what happened with these people? They had younger brains. They had higher cognition scores, and they did post-mortem autopsies yeah. on their brains. Guess what? A lot of them didn't have Alzheimer's that had the amyloid plaques and taut tangles. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. am not a fan of, of you know, saying, okay, I got the biomarker. That was one of the big things that um, we attended a gerontology conference several years ago. And, you know, there's been this, there's an association between these sort of buildup of little protein buildup areas called uh, amyloid plaques in, in your, and taut tangles in your brain. And that was thought to be sort of a big deal that, um, well, let's, let's get a medicine that reduces those and that'll take care of reducing Alzheimer's risk. Well, it turns out that those may, those may not, that may not be the whole story there. And, uh, cause just reducing those plaques doesn't necessarily reduce that. I think John's got a question. John? Yeah, Helene, I've got a friend who's in law enforcement and he's kind of into what, I don't know, we call it a craze, the, all-protein slash high-protein diet. Your thoughts on that? And I guess if you're getting away from processed carbs, it couldn't be a bad thing, uh, right? I'm I'm all about a balanced diet. I mean, I've personally done every single diet that is on this planet. <laughs> I, I've done true. them all. I've starved myself. The Beyonce diet, I've done <laughs> it since the time I was very young. I was overweight. Um, I think the best thing to do is a balanced diet. Eating 
good good protein, but then balance it with high high fiber uh, carbohydrates in the form of cruciferous vegetables. Um, the colorful fruits, ancient, ancient the green, green leafies. Green yeah. leafies. So I think the thing, John, that I would tell your friend is, yeah, proteins are important, but we know vegans that are Ironman triathletes right. because they're eating a clean, plant-based, plant-predominant right. diet. We're right. certainly not. I, I don't think veganism, uh, it's, it's not for me. I think most people find it very difficult to stay on for the long term. Yeah, I listened to a podcast recently, and it's kind of been my Roman Empire. I can't stop thinking about it. It was Mark Zuckerberg, and he's oh. like, you know, money is no issue for me, so I want to eat high protein, and so I decided I'm just going to make the protein myself, so I got some cows, and he said, the, you know, you need to fatten <laughs> them up quickly and with good food, and so he feeds the cows beer, and or okay. like I think he said beer, but I think maybe hops because that makes them eat a lot and okay. and macadamia nuts. Okay, <laughs> well, and I'm thinking okay. macadamia nuts. cows okay. in the pasture. There you go. Well, we we it's definitely true that those cultures across the world that have the highest percentage of the longest living people, they were featured in the blue zones. They li- they eat a predominantly plant based diet. They're moving that sounds all miserable. Well, no, I mean it's not. No, no, no they no. have well, their. No, you have to have your your meat. I'm yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Don't ever They're knock omnivores. out the meat in life. But well, go ahead. Well, what would your advice be for people who maybe don't like a whole lot of veggies? Uh, you know, the greens supplements are okay. popular right now that okay. you mix with water. Okay, I've taken veggie capsules before. Okay. You don't um, but get, they're kind of expensive. You so. don't get the fiber with that. Fiber, and you know, we're seeing ra- increasing rates of colon cancer. I'm speculating here. I don't think anyone knows why. Uh, there's probably not one answer. But fiber is important. Your colon loves fiber. It helps, it helps foods move quicker through the colon. It's soothing to the colon. Transit time through the colon is very important so that you don't get the byproducts and the potential toxins in contact with the lining of the colon. That's one reason. Fiber helps retard absorption of fats and sugars as well. You don't get that with the veggie in a capsule supplement. It's, It's better than nothing. But, but eating the whole thing is what you need to do. But Hannah, I would like to have a cuisine Listen, time no. with you. Listen truly, to Mama. Truly, Listen truly, to Mama. Truly. I mean, I. This I, is what Randy's I, been telling I me too. Not used to be a veggie fan like I am now. I my thing is looking through cookbooks. I, I know some people look through TikTok or whatever. Whatever they do, I read cookbooks and, and recipes all night. That's what I do. And there's so many cool things you can do with so many vegetables. I bet I could find a green vegetable you'd like repaired a different way i bet so it's just if you could just like cauliflower do you like cauliflower that's a cruciferous vegetable no it tastes like farts to me okay like, even <laughs> i don't know how oh, else to describe okay. it. hannah just told us she okay. knows what fart tastes like well, we're gonna have to, we gotta right. talk about that okay. but maybe on what's hot with hannah okay let's talk about that okay when we come up okay no but uh, someone uh, text what about the carnivore diet? i was gonna ask about this as well it's I, a way of here i'm reading right off of the uh, ancestral supplements.com right. a carnivore it's a way of eating that keeps right. things simple focusing right. on animal products and removing carbs veggie ladies and gentlemen the overwhelming evidence is if you focus on animal products you're not going to be as healthy as those people oh. over the long term who focus on a predominantly plant-based diet. A predominantly diet. I'm not saying you shouldn't have protein on your plate. You do. Okay. We we were on the, the page 10 years ago. On the paleo ago. diet. You, we were there. We were Mr. and Mrs. Carnivore. But guess what happens long term? I'm not even talking health. 
you just burn out yeah, you when all you do is protein. Uh, we did that for yeah. I don't you may know, lose five weight, years. What happens well, on these diets? The paleo, the you carnivore. You have to have something you're going to maintain over the long haul. And having a balanced diet is going to do it for you. You're not going to burn out on that. Yeah. yeah. These diets just reduce your caloric intake. It's just another way of doing that. That's if you look at these diets, the the high protein fills you up quicker. You get earlier satiety. You're not as hungry, so you don't eat as much. Well, and Catherine on the texter is recommending like adding veggies into a fruit smoothie, yeah. which okay. I have, which That's I have cool. done before. That's cool. Um, that I'm always disappointed though when I go to you know log the calories for my smoothies. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, they're really high in calories. Yeah, the smoothies is a tough one because of the sugar. I. That's th- I have a veggie tray that I do with my kids, and it sits in the fridge constantly, and it gets refilled, and per- it comes out for you. every Perfect. meal. And Perfect. you would not believe, like, I, one of my six- or seven-year-old now eats raw celery, oh. no dressing, oh, yeah. nothing. And I, I'm not Stephanie, trying to, like... that's wonderful. I'm that's not great. trying to brag. My mother-in-law serves raw veggies and at every meal, and I always thought it was kind of weird, and then I realized, actually, no. And so, and if you're hungry, eat some veggies. You know, and our, they eat them. We, we were reading the Standard American Diet with Sean, oh. Oh, the oldest kid, a poor kid. And then a bunch of things changed, and we, we became did. just, you know, tried to be as healthy as we could. And you have the secret. If you introduce it right. early to the kids, make it an expectation right. that that's what this family eats, it's a game right. changer. It's a game changer. And you know what? If everyone did that in our society, it would be a society changer. Right. Absolutely. We bought into the chicken McNuggets and everything with our youngest, our oldest kid, who's Almost my, 37. My kids now. eat plenty of chicken nuggets. Yeah, but I mean, that's what we thought. Oh, poor Sean. He's not getting his chicken. What What were we? And juicy juice. We thought that was the best thing they could ever drink. That's baloney, we too. Had, we had so much to talk about, but we're out of time. Oh, Can okay. you give a quick tip for people who like to fry fish and like Ooh. to maybe get some cod and fry? You have a way okay. of doing it that is a little healthier. Yes, when you And a it lot tastes healthier. great. Real okay. quickly. You take cod. Because Hannah's and, time okay, is coming okay. up. It's frozen. Make sure it's not frozen anymore. It's thawed. And totally take a paper towel and make sure yep. all of the water is, is okay. drenched out of it. Dry it off. Okay. And then dredge it in a little bit of smoked paprika and uh, uh, cornstarch, a tablespoon of olive oil, mm-hmm. and then sear it on both sides. Yep. And it is, it is crispy, crispy. A it's thin, good. light coating. It is not like yes. have a little b- fish with your breading. It tastes great. That's great. Uh, okay, Tim says beans are the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. Well, thank okay. you, Tim. That's great. You and Hannah can have a bean palooza someday, and you will pay no, for that no, meal. Warn us yeah. first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, thank you, hon. Beautiful segment. When we come back, what's hot with Hannah? Stay there. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Even we're not sure what's about to happen. It's time for what's hot with Hannah. And Hannah, will you forgive me? I'm I was sleepy because I'm sleepy because I got late Betty by last night. <laughs> I will forgive you, but only because Helene is here. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you, Hannah. She she gets a pass. You not so much. <laughs> I know you don't give me a break. What's up, <laughs> Hannah? Well, of course, yesterday was a leap day, yeah. which felt like any other old day. Uh, but a story came out of the New York Post, and it's pretty rare to be born on a leap day, right? It mm-hmm. only happens every four years. Pretty rare. And then you get circumstances of, like, 
someone being 100 years old, but really they've only had 25 birthdays, you know, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Well, there's a family in Brooklyn that have two kiddos that were both born on a leap day. So their oldest was born in February 29th of 2016. And then in 2020, on February 29th, which was the next leap year, they had a little girl. Somebody do the wow. math. What's 10 months? Wow. Is their anniversary like 10 months before Febu- the end of February? <laughs> Whoa. Golly. So this was, you know, the first birthday that both siblings got to celebrate together, essentially. Aww. The first true birthday yeah, being yeah. the Aww. leap day. Uh, so I just, I thought that was interesting oh, to great. not just have one kid born on a leap day, but two. And also, do you try to plan it that way just so your first kid doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel left out? Can you believe that? Wow. I knew someone who was, all their babies were born and they were born in April. And so their mother's ring was just all diamonds. Oh, and so, oh. shucks. Dog See, that's, gone my, it. that's my birthstone. <laughs> Get that plan. Doggone. Yeah, yeah, that's my birthstone. So maybe that's a, maybe <laughs> that's a, a method I try. Hmm. <laughs> that happens sometimes around you know when hospitals compete for the new year's baby you'll hear about twins sometimes bought you know, on either side of the year you know it's pretty fun mm-hmm. so um who was it that who has one of our candidates has twins uh, last night who was it that had twin dogs eh, i forgot i don't know hey dave griffith is going to come up uh, after uh, after the break and he's got some great uh, veterans uh, he's always does such a great job for veterans of course the chair of that committee in the house so he'll be uh, he'll be joining us then helene and i have to head out to a funeral so we're going to leave you now and we'll see you next week hey thanks for being with us all of the time on wake up mid missouri Their words are their responsibility. What you think, that's on you. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. This is Stephanie Bell. As you just heard from Randy, he and Helene had to head out here quickly. I will also be in the big chair on Monday, so I hope you join us then. Of course, we'll be talking to Scott Fawn. We've got Mayor Fitzwater coming in and Congressman Luke DeMeyer. So it will be a big day on Monday, and we will have guest co-host Casey Burns. But now we are glad to be joined by Representative Dave Griffith. Uh, from the House of Representatives. Now, a lot has been going on in the Capitol, at least on the House side, and it's hard to really keep up. Representative Griffith, welcome in. Well, good morning. Glad to be with you this morning. All right. So, you know, the Senate caught a little bit of flack, I think, from the Secretary of State last night about how all of the, a lot of things that he wanted to get done were passing through the House, um, but not a lot ends up in the Senate. Um, and I think as a House member, you know, if I was in your situation, certainly I think I'd get frustrated. But, you know, your big issues have been veterans issues. So tell us what's on the move in the House for veterans this year. Well, Stephanie, and uh, thanks for that question. I, I I had uh, at the beginning of the session, I pre-filed seven bills, seven veteran bills, and I'm proud to say that six of those bills have been heard in committee. Um, most of all of those have been exact out. Um, we This past week, we passed the uh, House Bill 1495, which was my uh, veteran suicide bill. Um, it passed 157 to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, it, this happened on a few of my veteran bills uh, in the House, but I really would encourage your, your listeners, if they want to hear... Uh, what testimony is like and what it can be like on the House of Representatives floor. Uh, to go back and listen to that uh, that dialogue that we had, um, there was one point in time there, Stephanie, that you could have heard a pin drop um, on the floor. Um, 
Representative Mike Hafner told a story about a real good friend of his, an admiral that uh, committed suicide. And uh, a very emotional um, speech that he gave. And uh, I know it, it, I had tears in my eyes just listening to it. So but I think a lot of us have had uh, have been impacted by suicide uh, in one way or, or another uh, with friends of ours. But in the veteran community right now, we're looking at uh, a rate of 45.2% per thousand um, 100,000 uh, veterans commit suicide compared to 23.8% of the civilian population. So we've got an issue there. It's a crisis, and I think we're uh, we're trying to address that on the House side. Um, I'm confident that something's going to get done on the Senate side. Griff, you've, you've done, like you said, you've got seven uh, veterans bills out there. One of them I think it's kind of flown under the radar that you talked to us early in the session about was one dealing with custody and visitation of uh, for yeah. parents who've been deployed. Yeah, that uh, that bill, this is the third year if I filed that particular bill. And one thing that happens when, um, when, when parents get divorced and one is serving in the military and they get deployed, um, there's very little time to work out a custody agreement uh, in the courts. Um, generally, it takes two weeks to a month to get that done. Sometimes when your orders come in, you have to leave within a week after that. This protects the uh, the parents' Uh, of the child that's in custody, that has custody um, with, their, with their ex. Uh, the horror stories that I've heard over over time in the last three years have been just, um, they're just awful. I mean, there's there's some um, some stories that where parents have actually taken their kids and moved out of state and hid their kids from their uh, from their ex. And this actually gives the, uh, the Detroit parent some time to be able to work out if they want to have the, the grandparents have joint custody or if they want to have their aunt, their brothers or sisters or a good friend. Um, that can all be arranged beforehand uh, before they're deployed. And, John, the last thing that we want uh, for our deployed military is to have to worry about what's going back home, going home um, with their kids, uh, with their ex. Um, with their ex so. Mr. Chairman, we appreciate you joining us. In fact, the question John asked about, and you referred to the official name of that, folks, is the Uniform Deployed Parents Custody and Visitation Act. It's to Chairman Griffith's bill. It's House Bill 1494. It's actually scheduled to be voted on in committee on Tuesday. And as the chairman mentioned, uh, there's no opposition to that on the committee. We do expect that to pass. Mr. Chairman, uh, the veterans bills notwithstanding, and they have been, you're right, very bipartisan and uh, they almost all passed unanimously, which is huge. And we do report on those. There is still a lot of gridlock and in both chambers and uh, the Democrats fight amongst themselves. They wouldn't let one of their um, state representatives file as a, as a Democrat this week. We've reported on that. They're, they're upset with her. Sarah Unsicker on the Republican side. We know there's been infighting. And last night at Lincoln Days, I thought one of the most uh, interesting comments, there's a state representative candidate. Stephanie was there and heard him say it. Hannah did as well. A guy named John Martin, who is from Pro Pumping here in Columbia, in full disclosure, he's one of our advertisers, but the, the crowd erupted in laughter, and I wrote it down. He said, our theme is you dump it, we pump it. You dump it, we pump it. And he said that needs to be done at the Capitol, that he's willing to go down there, take a couple of his trucks, and dump basically the crap out of the, out of the Capitol. Basically, that's what he said. They didn't use it, but more or less that was implied. The, the audience laughed their tails off uh, when, when he said that, but it, it clearly resonated is he right 
Well, <laughs> that is kind of funny. I did beat I did beat John Martin um, during uh, the filing day um, uh, there at the Secretary of State's sure. office, and um, he's a veteran as well. Yes. So, um, a really good man. Um, I don't think that would fit, fit well uh, with the Capitol Police of them having of them <laughs> dumping that stuff on the on the Capitol. But there's a there is a lot of stuff that goes on there. Um, a lot of nonsense stuff that goes on that um, can be frustrating for some. Um, I really see it in the six years I've been there. I see that as part of the process. Some of the some of that is, is posturing. Um, a lot of that, especially this time of year, is uh, with, with you know an election year. Um, these are campaign um, sidebar notes that they, they, they're trying to make. And um, but I, there is some truth in what he's saying, though. Now, I know, so as you know, we're celebrating a feel-good Friday, so we always want to give people something to feel good about. Now, yesterday, and this is making uh, national news, uh, Missouri House passes property tax cut aimed at offsetting surge in vehicle values. And whenever we talk about property taxes, people are angry and frustrated. So tell us about what happened yesterday in the House. Well, during COVID, the um, a lot of things happened during COVID, but one of the things that didn't happen was that the the inflated value of, of used trucks in particular, um, where trucks normally and all vehicles normally depreciate over a period of time. Well, during COVID, some of those vehicles actually appreciated and became worth more. So the uh, Representative McGurl's uh, bill that he passed yesterday is really a course correction on that to try and get back to where it was before. Uh, to reduce it by 33.3%, I think is what it was. Um, and I think part of the, the debate on the floor was that from the Democrat side of the, of the aisle was, uh, this is going to go on and on forever and ever. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. I think that, uh, we look at personal property tax and we want to have some, uh, we all want to get rid of it. But if we want to get rid of it, we got to find something that's going to replace it. Um, it's just too important a tax force to completely eliminate. But, um, that's, that was what Representative uh, McGurl's uh, bill was about. We are talking with State Representative Dave Griffith. Griff, you've talked to us before about your time in the service when you were in Special Forces in the U.S. Army. And uh, you have a little unique take on the whole border crisis situation, I think, because of your service when you were stationed in the Panama Canal Zone and all. What's your take on some of the bills being discussed even in the Missouri General Assembly reference border issues? Well, I think that now that we're involved in it, now that we have got our National Guard down there, our state patrol down there as well, I think we've got a vested interest in it as a state. And I hear from a lot of my constituents, and I'm going through my emails this morning, and um, and I've got five that are in my email box right now that are talking about that same thing, about getting rid of, uh, and not allowing people to come into the, uh, into the country. Now we're seeing them come into Missouri as well. Um, most of them are being, I, I think I saw on, on Fox News last week that there was a, uh, a busload that uh, arrived in somewhere in Southern California and they interviewed where they were going to be going. And many were going to Chicago, some going to New York, uh, some going to the, up to in, in the Northwest part of the country. Um, so uh, these people are, that are coming in here, there's a right way and a wrong way of coming into our country. And this is not, this is not the way to do it. And, um, we're, uh, we're going to pay the price for it at, at some point in time, but if something's got to be done uh, immediately, and I think I just saw that uh, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe is down there uh, today, as a matter of fact, to you know on on March the first, he's going to be down there uh, to talk with them um, and meet with them. So meet with our National Guards that are down there. So uh, it's a big concern for me.
Now, let's look forward and talk a little bit about the budget. I know I've seen headlines here recently that says you guys are behind um, and that because of where spring break falls this year, that, you know, it's a little bit earlier than normal. So you've got to, we've got about what one more week, I think, before spring break. And, you know, I, I, so I don't know if it's the liberal liberal news reporters who are saying, oh, my gosh, you know, Republicans are behind on the budget. If you're actually behind, if there's been any discussion about what has to happen next week before you all take a little bit of a break. Well, actually, we got two weeks before we go into spring break. Okay, two. But, All right. Um, two weeks. Yeah, I, but we, I, I talked with Cody Smith yesterday, as a matter of fact. And uh, Cody addressed our caucus on, on Monday. Um, we are right at the very end of our um, of the, of the, of the budget process. And so, uh, <clears throat> for those of you that know, we actually started budget meetings in December, which is a, really a far take from what we have been before. We did that in an effort to try and get a jump on it to where we wouldn't be in a, in a position where we're um, scrambling at the last minute. Um, we were, many of us were kind of frustrated that the, the governor didn't have his uh, state of the state until a week later than what he normally does. Uh, that also pushes back what we can do until, uh, until we have to hear his address. So, but I think we're, um, I think we're on, on track to, to get it out before spring break. Um, that's my hope. And I know that's what Smith's hope as well. Um, I think we're doing a good job. Uh, our big concern is with all the the chaos that's going on over in the Senate that we've got to get the budget passed. And that's something that's the, if we don't pass anything else, that's the most important thing that we're going to do. Cer- and cer- I think Missourians Missouri can be proud that we have a balanced budget. Certainly. Well, is there anything mid-Missouri specific that you're hoping to, that makes it in the budget? Well, there's a, we're looking at the, looking at parking garages in, um, in in Jefferson City. Parking is always an issue. I know I hear that on your your all show all the time. Yep. <laughs> we're we're looking at and actually beginning a conversation on that uh, to where we might be able to get some state uh, help funding on that. Um, we're looking at the, the the viaduct that we've got in Jefferson City that uh, is always a big issue for us. The um, the tri level, um, we all know how that's been going on for for years and years. So there's a lot of um, infrastructure uh, items that we've got um, trying to get through the through the house. But um, I kind of when I look at um, legislation that's going to benefit the sixty district, I also try to look at how that's going to affect the the rest of Mid Missouri and how it's going to affect Missouri as a whole. Great. I think we have to better in that. Appreciate your time this morning, Representative. It's always great to talk with you, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you all for the call. All right. Coming up next, what weird and wacky thing are you going to tell us about today, John? Fad diets that Helene hasn't even heard of. (laughs) I love it. All right. That's up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. analysis and opinion free of charge from wake up mid-missouri and that would be all except for this diets we've got your diets how about the baby food diet this fad's kind of faded burst on the scene so to speak in 2011 basically consists of eating up to 16 jars of baby food every day. They say the plan is useless, but if you feed that much to a baby, it requires a lot of embarrassing trips to the Pampers aisle at the <laughs> supermarket. 
cigarette diet. This came to a head in the 1920s when doctors prescribed cigarettes as a means to stave off under hunger and small wonder the entire world soon became hick. hooked. Cotton ball diet. How about this one? Oh, no. They usually involve at least eating something edible. Participants required to eat up to five whole cotton balls a day. Where's the doctor when you need him? <laughs> yeah, soaked in your choice of orange or lemon juice. And doctors said this is dangerous and stupid. But <laughs> duh. But they're not <laughs> I all mean, bad. Really? Ones. How about the ice cream cleanse? Ooh. You eat five pints of special ice cream a day. The brand name they're talking about only sets you back 199 bucks for three days. Special ice cream made from coconut cream and honey. So what do you do for dinner? You can't eat ice cream for the rest of your life. <laughs> now, now you know the rest of that dietary story. I mean, there have been some weird diets. The baby food one gives me the ick, having a kid and like smelling that. Like there were meat flavored ones. Blech. I don't, but and I've done some weird ones. I've, I think I've done like juice cleanses. Hannah gives me. Uh, a lot of grief when I do this like weird fasting thing. It's mainly like olives and soup. It's not so much that I give you grief as it's, much as I dread when you do it a little bit. Because I'm super cranky because <laughs> I am hungry. Which, listen, I would be the same way. I get hangry just like the rest of us. But What was the one that was popular for a number of years where they ate the cabbage soup and oh, nothing yeah. else for days on end? Oh, yeah. I think it was just the cabbage soup diet. And, I, you know, I think all... Ugh, ugh, Good name for it. <laughs> wow well and there's like certain like i i knew there was like some tea that you could brew and i think it was like is it dandelion tea and it's supposed to like like i don't know i think dehydrate you so you're more snatched uh, i mean the things that we do for beauty um i'm gonna dehydration sounds really healthy <laughs> I, I like this one this was a clip your nose while you eat diet where you cover your nose so you can't smell so you're gonna presumably eat less that's which, like the covid diet okay yeah kind of I, I like that one. And I, I've shared that before, like uh, one of the uh, one piece of advice that I, I that I actually do is eat like on a smaller plate. And so your eyes like you see a full plate and then when you finish it, it's like, oh, but I had a full plate of food, um, and, you know, because your, your dinner kind of looks sad if you put it on a big plate. and You've got just like a couple of exactly. on there. I think that one actually works, but I think I'm going to stick with the with the dock and uh, do the what did she call it? Balanced diet. Which sounds. I like the ice cream cleanse myself. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people who have problems with dairy, and I think regular ice cream would give them a cleanse if they ate five pints a day. <laughs> well, I've even covered in what's hot with Hannah before the guy who ate nothing but McDonald's for a month. Oh yeah, and he lost and lost weight. weight. Yeah, because the whole point of his experiment was just trying to prove that portion control matters way more than what you're eating yeah, and so greasy, greasy fast food will chase you back to the bathroom in a hurry too so <laughs> that, that is true uh, so he would split you know mcdonald's meals in half basically and eat on one meal for a couple meals i mean i've been splitting my fast food meals in half not because of the calories but because of the cost i'm like i can't pay twenty dollars <laughs> for one meal i gotta spread this around all right okay we are going to need to go to a break but we are going to come back and does birth order matter are you youngest or are you oldest i have a very strong opinion about this as the oldest daughter um so we're going to get into that debate at 8 10 and then also we are doing winners and losers we haven't even mentioned 
doing it yet. We need your help. Text us, 573-874-9390. Make sure you get your nominations for winners and losers. And I think there's a certain highway patrolman on the list, Anna. What do you say? Absolutely. And maybe some local basketball teams. So text us again. It's 573-874-9390. Get your winners and losers in. We'll do that at 830.